From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, Grayscale Trust, is it in trouble? And, by the way, happy Monday. That and other news today on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, December 19th, 2022, the week of Christmas. I hope everybody's getting excited. A couple of days of work this week. I will be here for Christmas. So, you know, you're going to wake up with nothing to do. See, that's the thing about holidays is like you wake up with no work, but then you have this whole morning to putz around the house, to drink your coffee slow, to make some breakfast. And in my opinion, I always run out of podcasts or anything to listen to or watch because everybody else is on vacation. So my YouTube channels, my podcasts, my everything is pretty much shut down for the day. So I'm like, what am I going to do all day? It's a good time to take in some information, to take in some podcasts, some YouTube. But everybody is on vacation for Christmas. I won't be. I will see you Christmas Day. But speaking of days, let's look at today's crypto prices. The time is 10.47 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We got Bitcoin sitting at $16,720, pretty much even in 24, but down 1.8% in 7. Ethereum's at $1,184, up 0.6% in 24, but down 5.5% in 7. Tether's number 3, USDC is number 4, and Binance is at 247. Wow! Up a little bit in 24, but down 11% in 7. Running off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Dogecoin, Cardano, and Matic. It appears from 5 to 10, everything is down from either 8% to 14% in 7. Yikes. The total market cap is down to $107.5 billion. We have a BTC dominance approaching 40% and F dominance at 18% even. And looking at some metaverse tokens, ApeCoin is sitting at $3.51. It's not looking too well. It's down from $4.40 in 7. We have Flow. Flow is at 76.3 cents, down from around 97 cents earlier last week. Sandbox is at 45.9 cents. It's also down quite a bit in seven from around 58 cents. But don't worry, we have some bullish Yuga Labs news. And that bullish news is Daniel Allegre. He is the new CEO of Yuga Labs. This new gig was revealed this morning, less than 72 hours after it was announced that he was stepping down from his position as president and COO of Activision Blizzard. He had a hand in developing well-known brands such as Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Candy Crush. His resume also spanned 16 years across several leadership roles at Google. Yuga Labs co-founder said, Daniel has held one of the highest level roles at the largest game companies in the world. He brings valuable experience across entertainment, e-commerce, and global strategic partnerships, all of which will be critical aspects of an immersive Web3 world built by creators for creators. The current CEO of Yuga Labs said she will remain on the team as a partner and strategic advisor. 
She said last month that the company is trying to hire the best and brightest to build the next phase of the internet. My question is, how much did they pay for this guy? Now, the reason why I'm asking about that, a lot of these tech companies, a lot of companies in general, are laying off people. They're laying off, as we heard throughout the past weeks, 10, 15, 20, 25% of their workforce. They're cutting salaries as well to try to keep their head above water. But this guy doesn't come cheap. So what are they sacrificing to get this guy in there to build for the next bull? It's definitely a strategic move to pay for this guy now, pay money out of pocket to get him in there to build something that when the bull hits, that they come out on top. But I'm wondering, is it the best move? Because we don't know how long a bear or how much more down we have. Moving into some more of today's headlines. Binance's U.S. entity, Binance.us, strategically named, has emerged as the highest and best bid for Voyager's assets. They're paying around $1.022 billion for them, but they're valued at $1.002 billion. They're given an additional consideration equal to about $20 million. The deal won't be officially executed until the bankruptcy court approves Voyager's request, and that will be around January 5th. U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown has suggested that the United States federal agencies such as the SEC and the CFTC should maybe consider a ban on cryptocurrencies. He also did acknowledge, however, that this ban would be very difficult because the crypto industry could just then go offshore. The senator, he also brought receipts for his claims. Not just the recent collapse of FTX, but he also saw the issues of the threat of national security from North Korea's cybercriminals to drug trafficking, human trafficking, financial terrorism, and all of those things can come out of crypto. Sherrod Brown is a senator from the state of Ohio. He is my senator. And in all transparency, he did endorse me for my congressional race, but we do differ in our approach to cryptocurrency, as you probably know. He isn't the only senator in the U.S. government that supports harsher crypto regulation. And as we know, the uncertain regulatory framework for the U.S. is already pushing crypto companies and the industry offshore. Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, said, The problem is that the SEC failed to create regulatory clarity here in the U.S., so many American investors and 95% of trading activity went offshore. Adding to that, punishing U.S. companies for this makes no sense. And in the same vein, SEC Commissioner Hester Peirce, she outlined some problems with the SEC's Howey test. And she did this on our sister podcast, GM, with Editor-in-Chief Dan Roberts. Wait, real quick, what is the Howey test? The Howey test is a very basic test to show or try to prove if something is a security. She said, there's been a lot of emphasis on the Howey test in the crypto world because a lot of these things were sold as tokens plus a promise that we're going to build on a network. Just because I sold you an orange grove, she continues to say, as part of an investment contract doesn't turn the orange grove into a security. The orange grove, plus the promise that I made you about how I was going to tend to the orange grove and generate profits for you, that was the securities offering. You can say, well, look, a lot of these initial sales sure look like security offerings. But then the question is, is that token, is that crypto asset itself a security? That's a much harder question to answer. And I think that it's a question that a lot of people answer differently. We've said that the Orange Grove is going to be treated as security in perpetuity. I don't know when it stops being a security. And that doesn't make sense. She continues to say, If we were more precise, I think that there would be fewer objections to applying the Howey test and saying, Hey, that initial time when you sold it, that might have been a security offering. But that doesn't mean that that token continues to be security for the rest of its life. 
Hester Peirce continues to say, The wheels of regulation and legislation move very slowly, and I think that can be both good and bad. In the crypto world, we've seen for a long time that there's been a lack of clarity, which I think has led people to do things that they wouldn't have done if there had been clear guidelines. She concludes with, I think it's been great that people are challenging the way we've done things. Sometimes those challenges are going to fall flat, and sometimes they're going to succeed. But I think we need to make sure that it's not regulation that is picking winners and losers. It's people that are picking winners and losers. We got a Dutch cryptocurrency exchange, Bitvavo, saying that they have 280 million euros or 297 million US dollars stuck with digital currency group DCG. And Bitvavo claims in a blog post that DCG is experiencing liquidity problems due to current turbulence in the crypto market and that DCG has suspended repayments until liquidity issues have been resolved. A DCG spokesperson told Reuters that the funds are held by its independent subsidiary, Genesis, not DCG. DCG is headed up by second market founder Barry Silbert, and it's one of the largest and best-known crypto firms. It owns Genesis, Grayscale, Coindesk, Foundry, and Luno. Not Luna, Luno. And Grayscale is the word of the day. Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is a fund that enables investors to gain exposure to Bitcoin without buying Bitcoin themselves. And it currently trades at a discount of negative 48.7% compared to the market value of the underlying asset. Will Clemente tweeted, Several crypto coins related to Barry Silver's DCG have been selling off aggressively this evening. Vile, Zen, Ethereum Classic, Near, leaving many speculators to wonder whether the selling is derived from DCG itself. Carl underscore 0x tweeted, as stated in the third bullet, and the third bullet is from a release predicting what's going to happen in the crypto market, and this was published back in November, he said again, as stated in the third bullet, on a possible insolvency, Grayscale would be forced to sell its largest token hodlings. We can observe from this crash that these tokens are the ones with the highest sell volume and perfectly correlated, implying that it's Grayscale emptying out its book. And this third bullet says, the inverse may also apply if Grayscale announced bankruptcy due to insolvency. Shorting their holdings would be a likely good trade as if they were forced to sell. The main Grayscale altcoin holdings relative to the circulating supply are Ethereum Classic, Zen, Zcash, LPR, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Mana. In a follow-up tweet, Carl underscore 0x said, I would not be surprised if this sell-off is a desperate attempt to liquidate what else they can before announcing bankruptcy soon. Yikes. And if you remember, Mark Yusko said, if Grayscale is a liquid, insolvent, bankrupt, and has to sell off their Bitcoin, we're in trouble. So who is Hal Finney? Well, he's a computer scientist and a cryptographer who was one of the early developers and users of Bitcoin. Finney is a pioneer of cryptography and was known for his contributions to the development of anonymous electronic cash systems. He was also an active member of the cypherpunk community, which was a group of researchers and activists who were interested in using cryptography to promote privacy and security of the internet. Finney passed away in 2014. A lot of people believe that he was Satoshi or he was the leader of a group of cypherpunks that made Bitcoin who are all Satoshi. But why am I talking about him? It's because Elon tweeted the other day that he was going to start freeing the namespace of around 1.5 billion accounts. And, well, he died. And so this is almost like a memorial in the digital form on a social media for him. As you guys probably know, my sister passed a while back. 
and her Facebook's still there. So if somebody wanted to fear up her Facebook, we lose all of her Facebook posts and we can't just go to her page and kind of like, you know, reflect. And a lot of people are saying that about Hal and a lot of other people. Just because they stop tweeting doesn't mean that we don't want to keep their accounts alive or people don't want to keep their accounts alive. And so there's a lot of pushback on Elon to this. So to keep his account alive, his wife, Fran Finney, tweeted from his handle, tweeted from his Twitter account, Hal Finn, tweeting, I'm tweeting for Hal to avoid his account from being purged by Elon. Needless to say, a lot of cypherpunks, a lot of crypto advocates, a lot of Bitcoin hodlers were happy to see that. But at first they thought it was a scam, especially Jay Business and Lob saying that it looks like Hal Finney's account has been compromised, but it was actually his wife trying to keep his memory alive. And finally, the judge in the FTX case, Judge John Dorsey, agreed to allow media organizations to intervene in the FTX case and argue to have creditors' names revealed. Remember, they wanted to keep the name and addresses of the top 50 creditors secret and redacted to protect their identities. But last week, the four news organizations filed a lawsuit asking for the names to be revealed. The top creditors, these top 50 people, are owed an estimated $3.1 billion. These names could come sometime in January. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>